You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I think for sake of time, I'm just going to jump right into the message. Uh, do you need to stand and stretch for a minute? Or are you going to be okay? My message is only three hours and 15 minutes. Is that going to... No, I'm just kidding. I won't keep you long. I see what time it is already. 2 Corinthians 8, I want to talk to you about the grace of God. And uh, it's, a, it's a subject that we cannot even begin to scratch the surface, but I certainly want to do it justice this morning. And I want to share with you about the grace of God in our church and what I believe God would have us to do uh, in the future. Verse 1, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he is challenging them in telling them about the churches that were located in Macedonia. And he says in verse number one, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit. Basically what he's saying is we want you to know about the grace of God that was bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Verse 4, praying us with much entreaty. Literally, the churches at Macedonia were begging the Apostle Paul and saying, please take this offering. Take this money and take it to the churches that are in need in other places. Well, the churches at Macedonia, they were in great need themselves. The Bible says they were in deep poverty and they had a great trial of affliction. But they, they prayed uh, Paul and, and they entreated Paul that he would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Verse 5, and this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. The churches at Macedonia were churches that were going through very difficult times. They were going through a great affliction. But you know what's amazing? Paul says in verse 1, I want to tell you not about their great affliction. I want to tell you about the great grace that God showed. I don't want to tell you about all the problems that they had, although they had problems. Paul said, I want to take some time and I want to share with you the goodness of God on their church. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and help us to uh, think back and help us to remember and reflect upon your goodness to our church. I pray that we'd never take for granted your grace and your mercy every day that you bestow, that you place upon us. Lord, would you speak to us and may we be a church that knows what it is to have the grace of God and the power of God and the blessing of God in our midst. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We want you to know, Paul said, of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. By way of introduction this morning, I want to make sure that we all know about the grace of God on this church. Can I tell you, I love hearing about answers to prayer that other people have. And, and by the way, you should too. We should, we should rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. But when I hear about an answer to prayer, we, we took some time for some testimonies in Sunday school. I want to tell you, it blesses my heart. But I don't ever want to forget about the answers to prayer that I've experienced. 
I don't ever want to forget about the blessings that God has given to me. You see, God was good to the churches at Macedonia, and God's been good to other churches. And I thank the Lord for other ministries and what God is doing other places. But friend, I don't want to forget what God has done and what God is doing right here at our church. Can I tell you, it's only because of the grace of God that there have been souls that have been saved as a result of the ministry of Victory Baptist Church. Some of you in this room, you're here today and you got saved because somebody from this church knocked on your door. Somebody from this church invited you to come. Somebody in this church got on a bus and rode a bus and brought you and your family to church. And I want to tell you, don't ever forget the grace of God in saving souls from hell. The fact that you're here today, the fact that I'm here today is only because of the grace of God. This is not a list of our accomplishments. This is a list of the things that God has done through this church and things that God has done for our church. There are people in this room and there are folks that are watching. Maybe you're listening on the radio today and your life has been changed because of the grace of God. Friend, you're not, not going to change your life because of your determination. You're not going to change your life because of your willpower. You're not going to change your life because of your intellect. Your life can only be changed by the grace of Almighty God. God is in the life-changing business. There are people here that you were reached because of this church. I think about these missionary boards that are out here, and I walk down this hallway every day, but... This week, I spent some time looking at every board and praying for the missionaries that are on the wall. Can I tell you, there are people that are being saved around the world because of the giving of this church. And I want to tell you, your labor and your giving and your sacrifice is not in vain. There are people being reached on foreign soils because of your effort and because of your faithfulness. I think about families that have been helped. I think about marriages that have been put back together. I think about young people that came back to God. I think about families that have been strengthened. I think about the privilege we have to, to see our children grow up in a church where the Bible is preached and, and God's people have a testimony and a desire to serve God. I want to tell you, God's been good to our church and may we never take that for granted. I think about the country church property. How many of you in here attended Victory Baptist Church when it was at the country church property? Would you raise your hand? We got a few. We got a few. Not too many left. And some were in the early service. You put your hands down. Can I tell you, I love hearing stories about that property. I love hearing stories about what God did at that property. But when I go in that building, can I tell you, I just can't believe what God is doing now. I can't believe the growth. I can't believe the blessing. I can't believe the fact that uh, God allowed Victory Baptist Church to go from that country church property, and praise God for it, to the building on the avenue. And boy, what a, what a beautiful building that was, and what an amazing thing that God did in that place. And by the way, I'm not trying to discount that building. I'm not trying to discount that property. I thank the Lord for what He did there. Many of you, you go back even before that, you go back to the old days of First Baptist when it was on the avenue. But can I tell you, I'm glad to be on a property and to be in a building where it's all one level. How many of you ever fell down the stairs at Victory Baptist Church on the avenue? Oh, we got some hands going up now. 
the balcony stairs, the front stairs uh, coming down to the road. Oh, yeah, I've heard some stories about that. I'm thankful to have a property now where we have parking. Isn't that a blessing? Can I tell you, isn't it a blessing that you can find a parking spot and you can walk into church and you don't have to have road rage or parking rage, you know, trying to find a spot on one of those side streets? I thank the Lord for what God has done. That country church property, that was a miracle. That building on the avenue, that was a miracle. And here we are at this property, and this property is a miracle. Think about the things that God has done and think about the blessings that God has given us. This place is nothing short of a miracle. God has been so good to us. I think about our staff. All of our staff is all out right now. Brother Caleb's with the bus ministry and Brother Nathan with the bus teens. Brother Dan's not feeling well this morning. Hope you pray for him. But can I tell you, God has blessed us with an amazing staff. I thank the Lord for those men and for their wives. And I thank the Lord for the blessing they've been to me. Can I tell you, God's grace has been bestowed upon this church. I think about the fact that a few years ago, we had a service, and on this platform, we had deacons lighting fires on this platform. And I'm not talking about cigarettes, and I'm not talking about fireworks or anything like that, but we had the deacons that lit the fire to the church mortgage. And we burned that mortgage, and by the grace of God, we paid off the debt on this property. That's a miracle. You, re you remember when we were talking about $1.2 million dollars? and how God supplied, and how the, the debt was erased to God be the glory. We have seen in these last about seven years, we've seen about 35 or 40 missionaries that have been added. I don't mean we put up a picture on the wall. I mean $125 a month for each missionary that has been sent out of this place to the glory of God for the furtherance of the gospel. I want to tell you, don't forget about the grace of God that He has done at Victory Baptist Church. I think about the beautiful buses that we have that are debt-free and the beautiful shuttle bus that we have and the beautiful gymnasium. Isn't it a blessing to have a gym for all the activities and all the banquets and all the special things? Isn't it a blessing to have a playground for the kids? Isn't it a blessing that God has given us now live streaming our services on video and audio every service? Isn't it amazing that God gave us a radio station not a radio program, but a radio station. It was a miracle. We, we weren't even looking for it. And God bestowed it upon us. That word bestowed is literally to place something on you. You know, there have been some blessings that we've been praying for. And there have been some blessings that we've been looking for. And then there have been some other blessings that we were just trying to serve God and do what God wanted us to do. And God just kind of put it on us. Can I tell you, we ought to all be walking around with the grace of God all over us and telling people, hey, you see what's on me? It's not because of me. It's all because of the grace of God that has been bestowed, that has been placed upon us. God's given us beautiful properties. God's given us a, a house that we are able to use for our missionaries and all the guests that come through. God's given us a, uh, a church property out on Thelma Road that again, we weren't looking for, we weren't asking for. We had a, a pastor that before he passed away, he said, hey, I'd like for Victory Baptist Church to get this property. I think about the school property. What a miracle to have the school buildings and the playground and to have uh, 10 acres of property that, and I, I understand it wasn't given free and clear, but in essence it was given. 
uh, a property over a million dollars worth of property and buildings that we assumed a mortgage of 350000 You realize that's, that's actually, some of you, that's, that's what your house costs, you know? 350000 and God gave us a school property. And I keep talking about the building, but you know what's even better than the building? God's given us students. God's given us lives, and God's given us young people that we can teach the Bible, and God's given us a wonderful staff and administrators, and God has done all those things. Can I tell you, don't ever forget about the grace of God. Don't ever forget what God has done in this place, and it's all because of Him, and it's certainly not because of us. How about this? Think about the last 18, 19 months, how God has brought us through covid Remember the online services? Remember getting those robocalls from Victory Baptist Church? Um, we're not sure what we're doing. It's basically what we were saying. We don't have a clue how to handle this, but you pray for us, and here's what we're going to try tomorrow. And we had online, and we had the parking lot service, and we set up the tent, and then we did both for months and months and months. We had a drive-in service for the early service, and then we came in the building. And I want to tell you, God did all that. And look, here we are, and, and where many churches thought we're not going to make it, God not only brought us through it, I believe God strengthened us. Uh, you look at the giving. When, when we get to the end of this year, you're not going to believe all that God has done in supplying the needs and the finances, and it's all because of God's grace. I think of all of our children's ministries and teen ministries and music ministries and adult ministries, and I think about the membership that God has given us and the faithful workers it's all because of God's grace. The church at Corinth, in 1 Corinthians, they were dealing with sin and selfishness, and they were dealing with squabbling, but the churches in Macedonia were experiencing revival. You say, how does that happen? How do you, how do you experience revival? They were having great affliction. They were in deep poverty. They had big problems. I tell you how you have revival. When you have big problems, you take your eyes off the problems and you get your eyes on a big God. And you realize that God is bigger than our problems and God is greater than any affliction. And God has the ability to get us through with His grace. Would you turn with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Corinth about the grace of God. But I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul he had experienced God's grace in his own life. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, verse number 2, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all... What's that next word? Comfort. Look at verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. He goes on in verse 5 and 6 and 7, and he talks about the comfort and the consolation of God. You know, God's grace is God's goodness and God's blessing, but God's grace is also His comfort and His encouragement. I don't know what you've been through this past week, but maybe you walked into the doors of church today and you tried to put on a smile and you tried to have a good word and you tried to have something positive to say, but in your heart you felt like you weren't sure how you were going to take another step and how you were going to make it another day or another week. Can I tell you, we've all been there. 
And if we were honest today, a lot of us would raise our hand and say, we haven't just been there. We're there right now. You say, well, I don't think most Christians have a hard time, and I don't think most Christians go through trouble. Oh, really? How about the Apostle Paul? Look what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 8. He said, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that we despaired even of life. Paul said, we were ready to, we were ready to go down. We thought we were going to die. We didn't think we could make it. Verse 9, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Isn't that good? Paul said, we thought we were going to die, so we knew we couldn't trust ourselves. We decided we were going to put our trust in the God who conquered death, the God who raised himself from the dead. Verse 10, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. I want to tell you, God is able to give you comfort. God is able to give you encouragement in the midst of your trials. Dr. John Henry Jowett was in his day, he was called, referred to as the greatest preacher in the English-speaking world. He pastored in England. He came over and he, he began to pastor in New York. And then he went back over and uh, pastored his last church in England. But this man, he wrote and he said, You seem to imagine that I have no ups and downs, just a level and lofty stretch of spiritual attainment with unbroken joy. He said, By no means. I am often perfectly wretched and everything appears most murky. This was a great preacher. This was a man who wrote books about preaching. This was a man who had sermons bound in volumes and sermons uh, sent around the world. And he said, there's times, he said, where I just don't think I can make it another day. Everything just seems so foggy and everything seems so murky in my own life. I'm just a wretch. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the prince of preachers. Charles Spurgeon said this, I am the subject of depressions of spirit so fearful that I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I go to. Can I tell you, discouragement is no respecter of persons. And sometimes the more successful you may appear to be in the eyes of others, the bigger target that that old devil puts on your back. And the harder it seems like and the more difficult the obstacles can be. I cannot imagine the trials that Paul went through. I cannot imagine uh, the, the times that he uh, was left for dead and the times that he was shipwrecked and the time he was in prison and beaten and stoned. I can't imagine those things. Paul even had a thorn in the flesh. And Paul begged God. He said, God, would you please remove this from me? Three times he prayed and every time God answered and said no. He said, I'm not going to remove the thorn in the flesh. He said, but I'm going to give you my grace. God told Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful for God's blessing. I'm thankful for God's goodness. But I'm also thankful for the fact that God gives comfort and God gives encouragement when we're in the depths of despair. That's the introduction. We're obviously not going to finish the message, but let me just give you one thought, one, 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 one part of this and 
we'll, we'll finish up tonight. I want to talk to you about the grace of God in giving. That's why Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he's encouraging them by the churches in Macedonia. He said, hey, they didn't have a lot. As a matter of fact, they had deep poverty. But he said they gave a lot. I want to remind you today that if you give and if I give only of what we have, we will run out. How many of you know your bank account is not going to last forever? All right, let me see your hands. How many of you, I won't ask that question, but I say, how many of you know? Because it's already happened. It's gone, right? And, uh, and then, you get, then you get teenagers. And then you get daughters. No, 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 I'm just kidding. But can I tell you, if you're going to operate in your own power, that's what Paul talks about in verse 3. He says, for to their power, he said, they did everything they could, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power. I got a question. I know how to give everything I have. That, that's something that I can do. That is possible. But how can I give beyond what I have? How can I give more than I have? Well, the only way I can do that is if I tap into somebody else's account, right? So if, if, if Jeremy Coburnett has his account and I give everything that's in my account and my account is on empty, I got to tap into somebody that's got some in their account. Well, guess whose account has not run out? Guess who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Guess who doesn't need a $3 trillion stimulus package to keep things going in heaven? I'm glad we've got a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And if you give according to your power, you'll reach a limit. But if you and I will give according to God's power, it'll never run out. Can I tell you, we must be willing to give not of what we have, but of what God can do in us and through us. Verse number five, I think this is the secret here. They did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Here's what some Christians do, and I don't, I don't have my wallet here. We'll, we'll let this represent money. So here's what some Christians do. We come to church, and well, I'm glad I don't have money here because I may not get it back from the teenagers, but we give, we give to the Lord. We give some money to the Lord. And we give some money to the Lord, and then you know, we, we don't want to get too close, right? And then we give some to the Lord, and, and, and we jump back. And so we give of our money. And by the way, we ought to give of our money. Let me have the cards back here if you don't mind here. Aren't you glad God doesn't take it back? But here's what we need. If, if, if I've got this money here, if I've got these three big bills... I can give of my money or I can do something better. I can just give of myself. And I can just come right in here in this row with these teenagers and say, hey, I'm going to give you something better than money. I'm going to come and join you. And you know what? When I come and join them, we still got all the money. We got all the time. We got the fellowship. We got all the blessings. And guess what? When you get with God, He never runs out. And his supply never gets drained. And can I tell you, if we'll just give of ourselves, the money will follow. If you'll give your heart to God, your bank account, that's just, that's something else. If you'll give yourself to God, then he'll have your time. If you'll give yourself to God, then he'll have your focus. If you'll just give yourself to God and you'll love God like you should, everything else is just going to fall into place. These churches, they first gave of themselves and if you and I in our giving, if we would first just give what we have to God, then all the rest will follow. 
Notice verse number 11. The Bible says, Now therefore perform the doing of it, that there was a readiness to will. There was a readiness. There was a willingness to, to perform, to do what they could do. I've heard people say, and I, this is not, I don't believe this is correct. I believe this is an inaccurate statement. But I've heard people say, you know, pastor, if you saw my finances, you would know that I cannot afford to tithe. First of all, to say you cannot afford to tithe is not accurate because a tithe is a percentage of what you have. A tithe is 10%. And I understand sometimes people that get in situations, but I believe the tithe belongs to God. I believe that's the first thing that you ought to give. And then everything else, then you figure out out of your 90%. I just believe that. But in case you are saying, well, I just can't afford it and that's a lot of money, whatever. Well, how many of you know the government takes a whole lot more than 10% in taxes, okay? And, and the government hasn't done nearly as much for you as the Lord, I'll promise you that. But did you know the average American spends, and, and I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing out these numbers. I didn't do a survey in the church, but I'm just throwing out these numbers from what I found on the internet, just from some searches. Do you know the average American spends $1,200 a year on fast food? That's $100 a month. I'm not talking about your groceries. I'm talking about just fast food. And by the way, how many of you know that's easy to do because you drive by and you start smelling the food, right? And when you start smelling it, you can almost taste it. You're like, that drive through is right there. And then it's like, I think these car manufacturers, they have uh, deals with the, the fast food places where your car is just drawn like a magnet. It's like you can't even, you can't even, you can't fight against it. It's like you start pulling in and you pull into a drive through And how many of you know that the cost of fast food has gone up in the last few years? Let me tell you, uh, so much for the value menus, right? After you take out a small loan and you go by and you get your value menu. But the average American spends $1,200 a year on fast food. We're talking about giving and we're talking about missions and we're talking about souls. I think all of us could give up a fast food meal every week. Or I think we could all give up something. How about this? The average American spends $2,400 a year. That is $200 a month on cable TV and internet. We're not even talking about your cell phone now. Now, I'm not saying you spend that. I'm saying the average American spends that on cable and internet, $200 a month. You see, I don't think the problem is that we don't have the money to give. I think the problem is where our focus is and where our priorities are. I'm not here to say you can't eat fast food. If you saw the list in the bulletin, you know that all of us assistant pastors like junk food, okay? So you know that. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm not saying you can't have cable TV. I'm not saying you can't have internet. I'm not saying that's wicked. I'm just saying this. If we're not obedient to God in the tithe, the 10%, then we're going to have to do some evaluating and say, well, what am I spending my money on? Where are my finances going? And then I had to throw this in there because confession is good for the soul. The average coffee drinker, not the average American, but the average coffee drinker, Spends, are you ready for this? A thousand dollars a year on coffee. We need uh, the pianist up here to play just as I am, and some of us need to make our way to the altar right now, don't we? Here's what I'm saying we all need to evaluate our finances and we need to 
put God first. And you say, well, pastor, you just talked about all the blessings and all the things that God has done. Does the church really need that money? Well, we'll find something to, to use it for, I promise you. But far more than the church, any church needs your money. You and I need the blessing of God. And God always blesses obedience. And if you will give to God like you're supposed to, and if I'll give to God like I'm supposed to, I promise you God will bless you more than you could ever imagine. I'll close with this, verses 13 and 14. Paul writes and he says, I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, he said, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Paul is not talking about equal giving because we know even the tithe, that's not equal giving. If one person makes $40,000 a year, then we know that tithe is $4,000. If somebody makes $50,000 a year, then that tithe for the year is $5,000. We know we're not talking about equal giving, but we are talking about equal sacrifice. And not just the tithe. You say, well, the tithe, I don't know about that. That's in the Old Testament. You're right, it's in the Old Testament. But you know what they did in the New Testament? They gave everything. They sold everything they had and they gave everything they had. How many of you think the tithe sounds a whole lot better after reading the book of Acts? But here's what I'm saying. If God has bestowed His grace upon us, and He has, without a doubt, we ought to be willing and ready to give to the work of God. We ought to be willing to give back to God after all He's blessed us with. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.